Welcome to Amy Liu, who is an instructor at Stanford University in the computer science department, as well as a software engineer at LinkedIn. Welcome, Amy. Hi, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, so to start off, um, how do you tell your story of becoming an educator? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a meandering, not very straightforward story at all. So I, I kind of stumbled into teaching during college. Um, when I was in uh, high school and during my first few years of college, I had a few really influential like, teachers and professors who really got me excited about learning and opened up all these opportunities for me. And I just thought, hmm, that could be something that I might be interested in doing for, for other people. And so I got involved with a couple of teaching related extracurriculars and was really drawn to that aspect of like, yeah, being able to get someone else excited about these subjects that I'd grown to love. And Absolutely. So, yeah. And so in my last year at Stanford, I got to TA one of their intro classes which incidentally was the course that made me decide to study computer science. And that was just like a completely rewarding experience. And so post-graduation, I knew that I already planned to start working at LinkedIn as a software engineer, but I also knew that I wanted to stay involved in teaching in some capacity. And so I started volunteering through the Microsoft Teals program, teaching APCS at a local high school. And basically the whole premise of that program is that they want to allow more high schools to be able to offer computer science. So they partner these industry professionals with classroom teachers who will then like team teach the course with the goal being for like the classroom teacher to eventually teach independently and grow these sustainable um, computer science programs at these schools. Amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. And, and it's also great uh, I, that you work in industry now as as an engineer. And so you and while continuing to teach and I'm curious how has uh, working in industry shifted your perspective at all or uh, affected or interplayed uh, to any degree with your uh, teaching has has anything changed as a result of your you know shifted perspective now that you work in industry yeah I think that like teaching and working in industry they complement each other really nicely so both kind of require this like really solid communication skills and being able to take something that's abstract or complex and make it accessible and understandable for other people. Like teaching is essentially kind of like a performance and it has made me a lot better at communicating my ideas and public speaking and just like presenting things at work. And even like when I'm writing, say, a technical design for something, I can feel like the teacher part of me thinking things like, how could I explain this visually? Or how could I draw a picture or something like that? And so I think that that's, that's um, a really cool, just like having the opportunity to be sort of in both, um, in both fields. And I guess like another thing is just the industry experience, like being able to bring kind of analogies to things that people are interested in like into the classroom especially for high schoolers I feel like they're really curious about like what are people doing at Google and Facebook and like you can kind of say well that time when I was working on notifications or like that time when I was working on like um, the feed or something and like that it makes the content a lot more relevant for, for students which has been a really like interesting opportunity to be able to see both sides of that. 
Totally. Yeah, it's cool to hear about how um, in the industry setting those teaching skills come into play because, I mean, you know, having worked on software teams as an engineer, it's just so often that you see uh, conversations get derailed because mm-hmm. we've, you know, people are trying to make decisions when nobody even fully understands the thing being discussed and, and nobody can uh-huh. really quite quite put a fine point <laughs> on explaining it in a way that's accessible to everyone. But then, you know, in 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 the opposite kind of direction, the relevance um, that you're able to provide or like the the examples of the experience of being an industry, bringing that to the teaching environment, especially computer science and programming, which are such applied fields in mm-hmm. when as most people practice them and and there's so much industry relevance to it that I'm sure that adds a lot of value to say to a student like, hey, actually, I've seen how this works and uh, um, I, I can tell you that learning this thing is actually really important, even though it might not seem like it. And here's here's kind of why. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm curious, like, can you tell us the story? Because, I mean, in the last six, seven months, there's been a radical transition in your in your teaching uh, that that has gone from you know teaching mostly as it's been done for the past thirty to to fifty years in computer science departments for you know generally speaking to uh, radically different where everyone is uh, might as well be thousands of miles apart um, in teaching online how um, how did you experience that transition um, and kind of like take us from February up to, you know, uh, more recently as you've been teaching? For sure. Yeah. So last spring um, and like March around the time when like the COVID-19 and like everything kind of began to like lock down was a very chaotic transition period. I feel like um, uh at that time, I just very suddenly came across this opportunity to ca- come back to Stanford again um, to teach. And I was also teaching at um, the high school that I was volunteering at. And so both of those things became suddenly like, well, in the space of a week or two, we have to figure out how to make all of the curriculum like remote and like figure out how we're going to like teach the content or like assess the students, how are we going to, you know, continue with the path of hitting these learning goals, but suddenly with this completely different, this different medium. And I feel like the spring quarter and semester was very much just like a, okay, we're kind of building the ship as we fly it type of thing with the idea that, okay, in the summer, we can settle down and and figure out how to actually, how to actually do this. So there was, I felt like the spring was very experimental, very kind of just, I guess we're going to go and try this because that's what we've got type of vibe. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say uh, if there's anything that comes to mind or like the biggest, uh, most obvious pain points that you encountered in the spring that you were like, okay, critical path. This has to be solved before we teach our our next class in the summer. Um, Were there any obvious examples uh, of that? Um. I think there are a couple things, I guess. One aspect, especially with like the high school class, is that we sort of lost a lot of the um, 
more like casual in-person kind of working together in labs type of learning which was really foundational to how we were teaching that class and it just became very I don't know like computer science learning it is just so hands-on like just so like activity driven and just you know you can't really learn by like reading a textbook you have to like go and, and do things and so that that like um that interaction from uh like working in small groups just like talking to the people around you getting to like get a feel for the room and like see how like how students are doing how engaged people are it was just like a really challenging aspect to suddenly do it. everything was like over zoom and you know sometimes you couldn't even see the students and there was just like the feedback between um what you were saying and like how others were perceiving it was just like a um a unique challenge to uh to be encountered yeah absolutely and i mean i've personally been on um, large Zoom calls or, you know, been in a class where uh, someone's, someone's trying to teach and there's 50, you know, dark screens that no <laughs> one has their camera on. And you just, you feel, feel so bad for the instructor because they, they're speaking into a void, you know, it may as well be a, a phone call at that point because they get effectively zero feedback on is this resonating? You know, it, not even, you know, talking about body language, but just facial expression and everything uh, mm -hmm. is another thing that can kind of be lost. How did, um, were there examples of things, uh, the pain points you encountered that you were able to iterate on and kind of create solutions to that you felt, you felt like, oh, um, this actually works really well, or uh, were most things, you know, remain kind of pain points? <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like in the spring, um, we are like in these like various teaching avenues that I was participating in. Um, there was like this really big question of like student engagement or like how to keep like a class of anywhere from like hundreds to like a, like a dozen or so students engaged in this video format. And like knowing how easy it is to zone out in like an in-person lecture hall, it's even more so like when you're watching like a Zoom lecture, either alone in your room or possibly surrounded by other distractions. Like it's just very, very easy to get sidetracked or just to tune out for, you know. And so I felt like the mental model kind of became instead of how can we replicate like the in-person experience with like, okay, how can we take like tools and, um, different things that we have online to instead create a, a different sort of experience or like how can we say like get students to engage using like chat or using um like collaborative editing in like you know online and that sort of thing so i feel like during the spring there really wasn't that much time to figure any of that out because it was very much of a we have to run the ship now um and kind of just take what we know from just uh, teaching courses in person and just try and do that given this limitation. Whereas I feel like now, um, yeah, like being able to uh, take some time to think about how can we actually like take more advantage of, um, yeah, different tools, different like 
learning strategies to keep people engaged online in a different manner than would have happened in a physical classroom. Nice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And so I, I wonder if there's any kind of actionable insights there. It's like if you are um, ramping up a co-instructor who had never had taught online before and like, you know, a, a couple of tips on how to, you know, maybe uh, orchestrate a, a Zoom call or um, uh, make it such that the students you are you are teaching had kind of a good experience um, and the instructor was able to get kind of feedback is it as simple as you know it, it you know ask students to write the answers to questions in chat keep their cameras on was there anything else um, kind of uh, in mind that you found that that really worked for you um yeah, I guess, like I said, it's still all kind of just a, a very much a work in progress, sort of we're all still kind of figuring this out together. But I feel like something that I've found pretty successful is giving people like a lot of diverse ways to be able to participate, like to their own like comfort levels or abilities, given other kinds of limitations, like, say you might like students might not be able to like have their cameras on all the time and like, or students might not feel comfortable sharing out like their audio or or something like that so um you mentioned chat like that's like a really great avenue for people to be able to um give like synchronous participation but um would get around like some of the other potential challenges that they may be facing in terms of like just being shy or like technical limitations or any sorts of things like that um yeah, like in the high school class that I've been teaching, we've been doing a lot of like trying to recreate that lab setting by using like collaborative online IDs. And that's been something that's been actually really interesting to see. And I could even imagine like continuing to do that in person um, when schools eventually reopen, because I feel like that's just uh, like having everyone kind of do this massive pair program thing is just like a um i've found to be like a really engaging dynamic for people to be able to to work with their peers in that way so yeah, yeah. i think the collaborative ide is such a cool idea and especially potentially combined with a video conference call or even in person right if everyone's mm -hmm. even in the same room you can all look and dynamically interact with the the code that you're uh, using to try to solve a particular problem. I think that's really cool. I also wonder, like, in terms of uh, assessment, student outcomes, and student success, have you found that um, students are struggling with this transition? Uh, is it is it harder for them to be successful? Or um, overall, have, have you been kind of inspired by how much progress students have been able to make, even in the midst of this uncertainty and I mean also recognizing that it's not just a shift to online learning right mm -hmm. that's happening it's, it's also happening in the midst of a massive pandemic which could really bring a lot of noise to to any outcomes you're observing yeah definitely I felt like in the spring it was just such a like moment of being uprooted for everyone that it was like really hard to say like whether the challenges were like it was just difficult to decouple like the challenges of suddenly remote learning the challenges of being in a global pandemic of like you know the like current 
uh, economic situation, the current like um, racial justice situation, just all of these different things coming together at once, I feel like just made a really challenging um, uh, environment to to do anything, like to try and even just survive was like, um, was challenging to some folks. And like that, I feel like, so the spring was really just, I like a blur of, you know, let's just get through this, this quarter of the semester and then um yeah but i feel like generally speaking like assessment in a remote learning setting is really tricky like to create something that is really like a fair evaluation of of all of your students like you know to no fault through like no fault of their own they might just be in some sort of living situation where like having a few hours of uninterrupted quiet time to sit down and take an exam is just difficult to come by and like how do you then even deal with this question or like this potential of like cheating or academic dishonesty like do you force everyone to take the exam at the same time or like with some sort of monitoring system or maybe you try and like disincentivize cheating by making assessments like open note or open internet or like allowing revisions to the exam. There are just all of these like different factors to think about and to balance there. Like in addition to like just writing the content of the exam, like just the, the mechanism for giving the exam is like adds another layer of, um, yeah, of like variables to, to the situation. Absolutely. And I mean, to, to kind of double click on that one for a bit, just the assessment of it. I mean, as you, as an educator, like it, it's got to be so, so tricky because you not only have to design the assessment, but now you don't have control of the environment in which the mm -hmm. assessment is, is, um, is experienced by the student um, and is attempted. And, you know, it's like you could make the, um, uh, the perfect assessment, but it, if students uh, are told not to Google things because they're very easily Googleable, then there's this almost like incentive of cheating, right? Because right. the the students are incentive against academic honesty because the students who are academically honest are at a significant disadvantage because uh, their, mm -hmm. their uh, learning is actually being assessed, whereas the other students are just uh, tested on uh, whether or not how well they can use Google. But then, right, it, creating an open, an open internet uh, exam has got to be so tough. How do you, how do you create uh, an ungoogleable question? Have you, have you struggled with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like, um, there are like things that you can like there are things that you can do on one hand to like take a question that's you would say put on like a normal exam um, and like disguise it or like reskin it in a way that um, makes it harder to like search like just kind of remove all of like the key terms or like things that um, <clears throat> things that like a student might like type into Google uh, to try and find like those answers for like, for example, you can like take say a problem about like graphs and like recast it using something that completely doesn't even mention like a graph. Um, and so like only like a very, very um, 
like someone who's like thinking at like a very, very high level about like how all of those things are, are working together would maybe be able to piece together like the the correct query to, to coerce that answer out of the internet. But at that like stage, they probably would have already like known how to solve the problem anyways. And I feel like there are like other things you can you can do in that in that realm too of like instead of um and I guess this is more relevant towards like the high school audience, but um, a lot of exams focused on like, you know, recall or like saying like, did you know this concept or did you not know this concept? And like asking students to do more like explaining or like, you know, write the code, but also like give me an explanation of like how it works or like tell me um, at this stage, like what is going to, like what is going to happen? Like things that, um, things that like are probably like too specific for someone to be able to find online but like would like have to force them to actually demonstrate like an understanding of of a concept beyond just can i copy paste something yeah right and so maybe an example of that would be like ah we're executing depth first search or something mm -hmm. like that what will be the next node explored at this point right exactly a graph and it's like uh, you, you can google all you want but it's unlikely you'll be able to find that particular situation right um, yeah on the internet to really help you suss out or or uh, get a, get a, get away from kind of actually grappling with the question and giving it your best mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um and at this at this point um, what do you miss? What do you miss most about uh, uh, in in person learning? If you if you think back or um, think about the future, what do you look forward to most when you get back in the the classroom? Is there any one thing that you think is missing from this environment that uh, just adds a lot of value to students' experiences? Definitely, I feel like if I were to pinpoint one thing, like I miss just that in-person kind of casual student interaction that is really hard to kind of replicate over Zoom. Like just getting to know and getting to see and interact with students in a more like ad hoc manner, say just walking around the classroom or like in office hours, just being able to um, like get to know people on a more personal level, getting to see like how they're doing, like what they're interested in. And like um, that was just one of my favorite parts about teaching, like getting to learn everyone's story like everyone's why are you you know what motivates you and like that just having those like candid like kind of quirky random interactions it's just something that i i really really miss um from from being online and i think students too like you know you learn so much and you gain so much from being able to like interact with your peers um just being around other people who are who are also learning like what you're learning and being able to um like communicate with them like just i feel like in zoom it's very or just like in a virtual like video format it just feels very like very structured very scheduled you know you have to if you want to interact with someone you kind of have to say okay like let's find a time for this or like let's kind of make this very formal kind of thing whereas you know even just like in in a classroom setting just those few minutes like before class just getting to walk around and like talk to people being like how was your weekend or like what were you you know 
how did you find like this thing or that thing? Um, yeah, I, I really miss that that aspect of uh, of, of teaching. And it, and I think this whole experience worldwide has made a lot of people think uh, again about what is the value students are getting from these educational experiences? Why are students going to college and um, why, why does uh, a higher education become such a fundamentally transformative experience for, for so many people? And I think it's, it's made a lot of people realize um, uh, something very similar to what you have, which is it's the, the uh, unexpected serendipitous interactions that um, both forge a lot of the relationships that are built, but provide a lot of the value for how people come to find their interests and mm -hmm. uh, become obsessed with certain problems or find a career trajectory or, or things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with that. With um, computer science in particular, uh, it has a reputation even uh, and especially before COVID of, of not being a discipline that caters to all students equally. It's, there's, there's many justified criticisms that historically uh, kind of um, departments and educational experiences have been um, constructed in a way, many times not intentionally, that uh, white or Asian male students tend to succeed the most uh, for a variety of of reasons and, and factors. How have you seen that play out uh, with the transition to online? Has um, there been an, you know, has that exacerbated the problem? Have you been surprised by how, you know, maybe certain students feel more comfortable um, in this environment when they might not in a traditional environment? I'm curious to see just, have you had any observations as it relates to the problem of making sure every student, no matter their, their background, um, feels that they have the potential to, to study computer science and, and succeed doing so? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like at least in my observation, like um, things like imposter syndrome can like, are definitely more prevalent around like minorities in computer science. And I feel like <clears throat> the virtual learning setting has kind of exaggerated that in a sense, because it's already hard to like speak up in, in the classroom of, of your peers. Like, and, you know, in a setting where your classroom is like you just, viewing potentially like you may not even be able to see your other classmates like um if you perceive yourself as like a minority or just are a more introverted person it can be just a very isolating experience like you kind of just assume that everyone else like gets it and you don't like it can be a lot easier to form that like in group out group mentality when you you really can't even like you don't even know what the what the out group like or what the what the in like crew is um like what your other peers are um how they're like perceiving the material like you could just be sitting by yourself and like you can't like read the visual cues of 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 anyone else yeah and and i mean i think this is something that a lot of people have experienced. It's, it's this question. I mean, any uh, challenging academic environment, um, 
and especially the most valuable ones, our uh, intellects uh, and our our minds are challenged and stretched in a way that is quite frankly, like can be often a deeply uncomfortable and scary (laughs) experience. So we have to walk right up to uh, these things, which we do not know and say, this is a mountain I'm confident that I will be able to climb, even though it's, you know, immersed in fog. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know what comes next. And everyone says it's really hard, but I'm sure that I can do it. And in person, students are able to kind of, uh, uh, to put it uh, a little bluntly, bond over their shared misery or anxiety, oh, right? In a way that uh, when you're just alone in your room on a Zoom call and the class ends and you didn't understand anything, it's like, wait, am I the only one who's really stressed out right now? And it totally makes sense that that could really just even further exacerbate challenges that students of of various, you know, genders or ethnicities or races feel like, I'm not sure that this is a place where I can contribute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like in this kind of just like you said, like being physically isolated means you really can't lean on your peers for like support or reassurance or even just like this mutual like acknowledgement of the difficulty of, you know, of the learning experience. Like I knew, I know for sure, like throughout when I was in college, how much I like leaned into um, my peers, like, you know, in situations where say I was like one of two women in a class, like that was just you know, having someone else who you can identify with, who you can kind of talk about all of those uncertainties or things with, um, not only made it like possible to get through the course, it just really enriched that experience of, you know, this is difficult, but like I can do it or like we can do it together. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's just so tough, right, to tackle it alone. And I think a lot of students right now, um, even though uh, they are having the same experience as many of their <laughs> classmates, of course, just as normal, um, it's a lot easier for them to feel alone in this environment. So Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Amy, so much for, for being here. And it's been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. I mean, I love... I love teaching. I love talking about education. So this has just been like such a joy.